Revelation 12:11 And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony and they did not love their lives to the death. Welcome to by the word of their testimony and here is your host Etienne McClintock. Greetings and warm welcome. Thank you for joining us again on by the word of their testimony. I'm delighted to have your company and I have a special guest in the studio again with me today and I say again because this is part 2 of Marlita Fong's testimony. Last time we ran out of time, we were talking about a number of things, but we didn't quite get to the music. So, Melita, welcome back. Thank you for agreeing you. to come and talk to us again. And we can talk a little bit about your music and your albums. Now, you were telling us about your life journey, how you were brought up in a good Christian environment and the influence of your mum, and how you knew Jesus from a young age and that he was your friend and you never doubted God or that he loved you. But at what age did you realize that you had this ability to to sing? It's interesting that you asked that question that way because growing up, I always liked to sing. Mm. Um, but as you know, when, when you're growing, things change. Mm. And my sister, she used to tell me, you're not singing. You're just speaking long phrases, long words. Your sister said that to yeah, you. Yeah, she said that. And I don't know if she really remembers it. She has been reminded of it. <laughs> but she didn't think it was singing. So my family didn't really um, encourage it so much, but they knew I enjoyed singing and I'd mm. sing away on the, you know, while I'm playing, etc. and the neighbours would hear it. And it was a bit more operatic back then probably. Oh, really? Well, the voice was a bit higher. As you can probably tell, I'm quite low at the moment, slightly sick. But um, right. I'm more an alto who tries to alto. be a soprano. That's right. Okay, so you're more comfortable at a slightly lower yeah, yeah. range. Okay, I do nice. try. <laughs> so, so before your voice went a little bit lower, your sister thought that you were more dragging out your, your words rather than singing them. Yeah, she wasn't too fussed about the whole thing. She just thought it was so you long were, words. So you were like a latent, almost hidden talent. So at what age then all of a sudden they realized, oh, but maybe this young lady can sing? Well, it kind of, um, we sang in groups, you know, at church, you know, with the other kids and sang in the choir. Um, but I didn't really sing up the front on my own until 2011. I was 21. Um, but somebody was not able to perform a special item for our youth program that mm. Friday night. And I was organizing the music. So they told me that they had to pull out. Um, we had another special item that night already organized. But I was, quote, the backup. So I told the uh, program manager, the uh, coordinator, I said, these guys have cancelled. Um, Sharissa, my sister, didn't think we needed another item. Um, and so uh, she said, well, why don't you sing? Now, I'd been practicing because mm. I wanted to sing for this opportunity. And so you'd prepared for I opportunity. Had. Okay. I prepared for this opportunity. Wow. So I had been practicing when I survey the wondrous cross, the mm. Celtic tune. 
and our house, we'd moved to a different house by now and it echoed. So it was a nice sound, you know, nice when acoustics. it echoes. Everybody loves acoustics like mm. that. Um, and I'd been practicing this on my own acapella. So my sister said, well, if you're going to sing that, you need to get a pianist to help you. You can't just sing it on your own. So there was a criteria. Okay. So I went ahead and texted the best pianist I knew, Sanya Kitevsky. Mm. And she had threatened to be out of town that weekend and at some other youth program somewhere else. But it turned out she wasn't out of town. She was in town. She was having a practice at a close-by church that Friday night at 6 o'clock for something they were doing. Yeah. But she said she'd come over after. Our program started at 7, 7.20 or 7.30. And she turned up 10 minutes before. So we ran over to the hall. and we It was beautiful acoustics. Then they didn't have these sound absorbers in there. Yeah. And she'd played the song before for a wedding somewhere in Serbia. And we went through the song. And I was really touched by the sound because I'd never sung with a pianist before So this like is this. the first time a few minutes before the program is about to start. That's right. Wow. Um, and so I was really excited about this. And I thought... I felt like this was a very special moment and I sensed that God was, you know, blessed this to all come together at the very last minute. Mm. Uh, so we went over to the church and we did it. <laughs> I, I missed the key change. But okay. um, from that first, and it's not the very first time that I sang on my own, but it was the first real time I'd sung on my own up the front in church. Um, I sensed that it was a very special moment mm. and I could tell that God was using me to speak for him through music. Um, and so that night was, you know, I was reflecting on all of these things. And I had prayed, you know, years before when I was little, listening to all the cassettes and things that my dad has. Um, you know, I'd love to pr I'd love to praise you in, in song, if that's your will. But mm. I never focused on it like I want to be a singer or anything like right. that. Right, okay. But you obviously could hold a tune, and uh, it's something that you obviously enjoyed that you'd actually put in some preparation. And they quite often say that you know things things come together when preparation meets opportunity, and it sounds like it came together that night for you. So that's that's wonderful. It did. So I sang that same song for everybody. Uh, this <laughs> um, was the Celtic times. Celtic version. Yes. Now, how does that tune go? The Celtic. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of people know it, but. It's it's um, you want me to sing it, don't you? Well, if you, if you don't mind, unless it's on one of your albums, because I'm just trying to remember. It's not. It's when I survey the wondrous cross, yes? yes. And there's a Celtic tune which is different to the one that we typically have in our hymn book. Is yes. It? Well, there's two versions in the hymnal, but there's it's two. the one okay. that goes. When I survey the wondrous cross. On which the Prince of Glory died My richest gain I count but loss And pour content on all my pride and it just keeps building. We do the key changes. Mm, I love that. I, when you started singing it, I recognize it straight away. So I do actually know the Celtic tune. Mm. That is beautiful. Amen. Mm. So that's the first song you sang, and that was really like your public debut, so to speak. 
if you want to call it that. Yeah. <laughs> it was my humble offering. And this was only yeah. a number of years ago that this happened? Yes, 2011. So um, it really, the opportunities to sing, because when my sister preached, as you mentioned last mm. time we spoke, I sing. So she preaches, I sing, and ideally I sing a song that matches her sermon. But that was the only song I had for some time. So okay. she kindly um, invited me to sing for her when she preached. And not all the time was Sanya able to be there, so I'd sing it a cappella. The a cappella was yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Amen. So, I mean, from there, um, Sanya has been quite instrumental in, in no creating this um, musical trio if you like because my sister sings with us as well mm. um, and I think without Sanya's piano to help me it would be not as easy to sing so many songs plus she covers up a lot of problems I have because I'm not the best at timing and sometimes okay. I, I mix it up so she always brings her expertise she's a fantastic pianist she's amazing mm. she's played yes, for I've, so many people yes I've heard her play she, she's very good yes. she and she sings as well and that impresses me when someone can multitask like that they can play and sing at the same time she can do that mm. so um, when we came to putting an album together it didn't come around straight away we, um, we've had the privilege of singing in various places all over the world and I didn't say that to like you know, show off or anything, because it's not like they called me to come and sing specifically. Do you and your sister travel around quite a bit? We, as a, as we a, do. Like a we do as much as mm. um, is is possible, and I like to go with her because it's not nice to send her on her own. Um, so we've been to a number of different countries, um, been to America a couple of times, and particularly for um, youth conferences. Mm. I've been to South Korea. That's like the Olympics, but we didn't go to where the Olympics was. I uh, went to the Samyuk University in okay, the Adventist University yeah, in Korea, yeah. and I love Korean food. I nice. love their food. Okay. It was amazing. Um, we've been to the Solomons. We've been to Samoa, of course, and we've been around Australia and Sydney, particularly because that's where we're uh, where we live. Mm. Um, she's been further afield. Yeah. We've been to a number of different places. Yeah, we just recently we just recently went to a health retreat called Anon Health Retreat in Malaysia. Yes, and I think uh, your sister had just been there previously speaking yes. at a, Penang, a conference. In a yes, that's yeah. right. I got yes, to go so, there. Yeah, you know, you guys certainly travel. So who would have known that all the singing all of a sudden, which started about seven years ago, would now open up all these travel opportunities for you to share the gospel and music in support of you and your sister working together. And, of course, Sanya goes around with you guys as well. That's right. Mm. So I've noticed when I look at your music, especially the first song, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, and then I look at, of course, your first album, In His Presence, talking about Jesus. And then the second album is called Give Me Jesus. There's a, a theme. Mm -hmm. So it's not a generic kind of Christian songs that you're singing. You're singing specifically about our Savior. So what is it that uh, makes you decide on the music and what kind of music you're going to put into your album. I don't want it to sound too amazing, but we just put on the first album all of the songs that we'd done to that point. <laughs> <laughs> that is literally, okay. we were scrambling for songs and the very last one, Stand By Me. Mm. I really love that one, but that was a last minute add-in. Um, I don't know if 
your listeners are familiar with Elvis uh, gospel music, but he sang that one as well as some other lady I can't remember the name of, unfortunately, right now. Hmm. But um, so yeah. just whatever you guys had mastered at that time, they went onto the first album. That's right. Now I don't want to be too dismissive of of what you mentioned there, because ultimately you would have practiced the music that you enjoy. And it was a delight for you to. So there would have been some thoughts going into that. And by the time you had a quota enough for an album, you'd already made your selection just simply by the music you, that you uh, were bringing to the people. Yeah, it's. Um, so it wasn't a throw together, so to speak. That's true. Yeah. Well, if you want a little bit of a story, Blessings is the first one on there, Laura Story um, song. Hmm. But we learned that one for when Cherie Peters came, Cherie Peter came to our church to share her. Um, ministry with us about right. um, people recovering mm. um, from All kinds whatever of it may be. Yes, yes, yes. So we learned that for that reason. Learning to lean was a good one for concerts. I don't think we'd done too many concerts actually to that point. Actually, we'd never done a concert before this first album. Okay. <laughs> Better than I was for the three ABN Australia opening um, up oh, here at okay. Memorial. Right, going back Seventh Adventist five, Church. Yeah, almost five years yes. ago now, about five years or so. And mm. it's from that that we were able to um, talk with Kel and Joe Norton, who have a ministry called M24 Media. Yes. And they offered to do the the photos, the video, the the case, and that was really encouraging because yes. I had at that time been thinking about doing an album, mm. and then they came along with their support, and that was really encouraging. Mary, did you know it was for Christmas? <laughs> Filled with Compassion okay. was for the 2011 GYC or Generation Youth Christ um, mm. in America, which is that same first year that I sang. I was able to sing over in America at the end of it. Um, and James, one of your staff, he played the piano for me as well at that time. So he has accompanied you as well James has yes James has done that wow now I've heard of James's talent but believe it or not I've actually never heard him play well I still have to hear you're him missing play. out <laughs> <laughs> oh very yeah. good anyway I, I could go through all of them mm. sometimes the songs that um, we record it doesn't quite hit you at the time or you you gain a new appreciation I should say for the music for example uh, rise again by Dallas Holmes. Mm. It's a um, it's a very thought-provoking song, and it comes to you from the perspective of Jesus himself. Um, and he says, go ahead, drive the nails in my hand, you know, all of these things. Mm. I still love you. It's not going to change how I feel yeah. about you. And yeah, I'm going to rise again. Yeah? yeah, it's beautiful. I only sang it for the second time uh, just two weeks ago, mm. and I... I found a new appreciation for the song. When we did it in the studio, I didn't really um, appreciate it because we were trying to get the timing right and all of these things. Yeah. But now that I've sung it again uh, for the first time in a long time, it's um, really spoken to me again. There's also some really special songs on there like um, Write Them On My Heart. Mm-hmm. Um, the man who wrote that, Mark Bond, he is an American, is an Adventist, and he... He wrote that song and his family have sung it for a lot of uh, occasions and over the years, but nobody's actually recorded it. So I was quite um, happy to be able to record it and be the first one. Okay, because some of the music that I've heard on your albums are new to me. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, well, with them being so new, perhaps you write your music, but you're saying not yet. 
Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I have had a go at it. I think a lot of people just have a go at it. Mm. Um, but I haven't recorded any of those. Any of the ones you've written, yes. Yes, I have okay. shared it with my talented musical friends and... Um, you know they're supportive because it's sometimes things that are abstract get get more okay. respect than things that are not abstract. Mm. Um, but I haven't recorded it yet. It probably needs a bit of work. Yeah, okay. I wouldn't say I'm. So a it's writer. a work in progress. Yes, a work in progress. Oh, very good. Yeah. So that's the first album, and these songs, when you selected those and started practicing those, is it because of where you are at that particular point in time in regards to your, your life or your walk with the Lord? Or what is it that, that speaks to your heart that you decide, you're, oh, that's a song I want to master, I'd like to learn how to sing that? So a lot of the times um, my sister gives me a suggestion and okay. I take her suggestion. Right, so that's going to be based on the, the material she's going to cover in her presentations. That's right. Um, but I definitely do have an opinion about what I want to sing as well. Mm. Um, and some suggestions she's given me, like she gets excited about stuff and she's like, oh, you need to sing this one. And she'll send me the YouTube link or whatever and I'll have a look at it. And I'm trying to get what she's getting in it. But some songs I'm not so keen on. So I like to sing a song that I can actually sing because I believe it. Hmm. I don't want to sing a song I don't believe in. Sure, so um, theology's got to be... The th yeah, it's got to match up with yep. the Bible. It's got to be true. Hmm. I don't want to sing any lies. There's enough sure. floating around. Um, and I like to be able to identify with the message in the song, not just the truth of it, but identify with the message itself. Because I think uh, when we sing, we it's an interpretation of somebody else's testimony in a way. Like hmm. they wrote that song. Sure. So here I come and I want to sing the same song. But to have the same uh, enthusiasm or expression or to convey the message of the song properly, mm. you need to understand it. So um, part of that may not come straight away. Sometimes I get it when I'm actually singing it up the front for the first time. Oh, really? And it, it really ministers to my heart. There's been times when I haven't really wanted to sing a song mm -hmm. because I think I'm not, I'm not in the right place to sing that song right now. Okay. Um, but as I sing it, then God redeems me, if you like, through the singing of the song. And he, he and that's particularly... So it's more than being singing. a mere actor up the front presenting um, music. You, you, it comes from the heart when you sing it. Yeah. So it's an act of worship. Yeah. Mm, that's beautiful. Okay, so you did the first album, and then you went on to the second album. It wasn't that fast, but yes. <laughs> okay, so what was the uh, the gap between the two? Did you have to master a few more songs and say, okay, well, I've got now I've got enough master for a second album? Or did you say, I want to bring out a album that covers a theme, Give Me Jesus, and these are all the songs that relate to it? No, it didn't happen that way. <laughs> okay, so how did it happen? It's a similar process in that these are the songs we came together with. And this is also some of the influences of your sister, Sharissa? Yes, yes. And some of the material she was covering? Yes, Okay. So, um, like, it makes more sense. Sometimes it's more powerful with the matching up of hearing the song after the sermon um, than mm. on its own, which hopefully you can find on the internet to match it up. But, like, Isaac, she has a sermon on Isaac, um, and that's a really powerful song, actually. Um, Give Me Jesus is one that I just love. I think that's what, like, just recently I had to sing that one and at the time I just didn't feel like that was my 
exact feeling that I that I actually was in the right place to sing that. Mm. By that I mean I didn't feel like I was, um, I guess, right with God at that time, and I felt I needed to, you know, have a bit more time. But then when I sang it, I was like, "Thank you, Lord." Mm. It's a prayer. You don't need to have everything right before you come to God. So as I sang it, give me Jesus. You know, you can take everything. Just give me Jesus. So, I mean, oftentimes the song really speaks to my heart more than it probably speaks to anyone else's heart. But it encourages me just to sing these songs. And mm. There's a number of them there. I've always been impressed when I look at people. Because, I mean, I, I can hold a tune, but I'm not really a singer. And occasionally I get myself up the front amongst some other people. I'm always surprised I'm there. But I can look at some people and they, they it's like they've lived themselves into the music. They're experiencing what they're saying. And I've been to some conferences where you've been the singer as well, and I've noticed that as well. And I thought, well, that comes from the heart. That's why I actually thought some of the music, because the first time I heard it is when you sang it, that you actually wrote it because it looked like it was so personal. So how important is that to you? It just seemed like you were saying before that if your heart's not in the right place, you don't really want to sing it. So it's got to be something that you can actually experience, and then it's not just a mere actor presenting a play, Mm -hmm. but somebody actually expressing exactly where they are in their personal walk with the Lord. Yeah, you said it. I said it, I did. I I actually wanted you to say it. Sorry for saying it. All those words. (laughs) Now, why why is Isaac such a, a beautiful song for you? Well, it's it's uh, it takes you basically if you remember the the Bible story, um, the account there of Abraham and Isaac going up the mountain because God mm. has asked Abraham to sacrifice his son. Yes, and his son is not like eight years old. His son is like twenty. He's a he's a grown young man, mm. and this is the son that God has promised him to be the the carrier of his lineage, like to mm. carry on his his family name to. Ex- expand uh, his family so you can't even count them you know yeah you have more descendants than the stars in the sky or the sand of the sea and that's like a lot of sand that's a lot of sand that's right um so and here god asked him to surrender him so it takes you through that story in a way each verse it's a very simple um Song. It's not like over the top in words or mm. or in you know the the music or the melody. It's just very simple and it just builds each one from the next. And the ultimate um, message of the song is, what's your Isaac? What is the thing that you're holding on to that God has given you? I mean, we have all that we have is from God, but right. what are you holding on to? What are you putting before God? Mm. And um, what do you need to? What do you need surrender? What is your Isaac? Mm. What is that that thing you are holding on to and and claiming? But in in so laying down our Isaac, we gain so much more. Um, True. So that's all in that song. Yeah. Mm, that is beautiful. Yeah. So it's 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 actually in a sense having other gods before us because that there's something that you know, stands between us and our relationship with the Lord. That that's what you're saying. Are you prepared to sacrifice that? Are you prepared to surrender that to the Lord? Mm. Mm, beautiful. I like that. Now, if people have uh, got your album ready or they uh, listen to it uh, when we broadcast it on uh, 3AB and Australia Radio, or even if they see it on YouTube clips, that will make much more sense to them and they'll have a great and new and special meaning to them when they listen to it. Mm. Yeah, thank you for, for unpacking that. So uh, the other songs on the album, what uh, what was special about them 
and uh, what were you thinking at the time when you when you prepared for um, your music and then of course ultimately they ended up on the album there's a really special song on here and it's called for god so love the world okay so a friend of ours um, friend of sonia's uh, originally um, she actually wrote it with her dad she was one day sitting there at the piano and just playing this melody um, and her dad came in and they're european and he just started to sing to the, well, this is, I hope I'm recounting it right. Mm. Um, he started to sing to the music, the, the words, For God So Loved the World. That he gave his only son, so those That's words, right. yes. John 3.16. Okay. And then it goes into verse 17, the second verse. Mm. It's so simple, it's so basic, it just communicates the love of God in this verse. I mean, God wrote the words, but the way it came together, it's really beautiful how they um, put that together. Okay, and then Nearer My God to Thee is another song you've got on there. That's the traditional tune? Yes, a little bit. Um, we tried to make it a little bit modern, but not. <laughs> okay. So how do you modernize music? I mean, I, mean I, I love music. Music is an important part of worship. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, if you look at the Bible, there's, there's music. There's hymns written in there. The book of Psalms, you know, they used to sing that, the, the sons of Korah, the sons of Asaph. David wrote he was a beautiful music writer, you know, and God gave him that gift. So we know that music's an important part, but we also know that in heaven, this being was created and he had special timbrels given to him. In other words, he could produce music, which was quite unique. Uh, someone actually told to me that he could sing parts of harmony all by himself. We're talking about Lucifer before mm -hmm. he became the adversary or Satan. Now, we know that he... Uh, distorted a lot of things and he corrupted a lot of things and obviously he brought some elements of corruption into music as well and music can be done to the glory of God or it can be done to our own glory I guess and also can have uh, disharmonic music which uh, doesn't seem to go with the spirit and intent of worship mm -hmm. how do you determine what kind of music you sing and you play and goes onto your album I mean there must be lots of pitfalls I'm not a muser so I don't have to face those things to the same extent but how do you determine what music you play and how you play it and what you sing? I think um, a lot of it is, again, I, I have kind of probably acquired my taste hmm. um, over the years. But you can feel, if you have, say you have a, a white plate and you're eating food, you put your food on that plate, it's going to dirty the plate. Hmm. Stay with me. I'm making this up as I go. <laughs> um, but as you dirty the plate, the plate is going to evidently, as soon as you've eaten what's on it, it will still have remnants of, of the food on yes. it beforehand. But you know that they don't belong on the plate. You know it's not part of the pattern because it is a white plate. Yes. Where I'm going with this is um, that the music that you listen to makes you do certain things it actually rearranges your brain. Some types of music really good for doing that. Mm, in um, a good way. In a good way. But it can also be in a, in a bad way. And in a bad way. Mm. So if you have a sensitive palate, like the white plate, whatever goes on there, you will know what should be there and what shouldn't be there. Okay. That maybe wasn't the best illustration. So you're saying that you've got a fairly sensitive palate when it comes to music and you know what music actually goes with worship and what music doesn't? If I interpreted your analogy correct? So I would say that I wouldn't say that I have the perfect palate. <laughs> okay. But I would say that um, you've got a good sense of, about it. The the way that my my 
upbringing has been, we're coming back to that, hmm. um, but the way the music that I've been exposed to and the situations where they have, where certain music have been played and what I've seen on TV um, and in old movies, because I've seen a lot of those evidently, um, you know what style fits in what setting and you know what is church and what is not church. Okay, right. Well, listen, just on that note, we're going to take a short break. And we'll be right back after this message. Stay tuned. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard. He put a wall around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he rented the vineyard to some farmers and went away on a journey. When the harvest time approached, he sent his servants to the tenants to collect his fruit. They seized his servants, beat one, killed another and stoned a third. He sent other servants to them, and the tenants treated them the same way. Last of all, he sent his son to them. They will respect my son, he said. But when the tenants saw the son, they took him and threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. When the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? Matthew 21, 33-40 So Jesus asks his enemies to contemplate what his second coming will mean for them. Dear listener, welcome back to By the Word of Their Testimony. My special guest in the studio today is Marlita Fong. Marlita, just before the break, you were talking about some of the music you've chosen for your albums Mm -hmm. and how some of them have been very special. And you particularly spoke about a song called Isaac. So I'm just wondering if it would be appropriate for us now just to play that song and those people who have heard just the background to it and what it means to you. And, of course, the words of the song, they'll be able to appreciate it in a new sense. So let's go to that music right now. Spirit calls 
Okay, and that second song we just listened to is called Better Than I, off your first, first album. album. Okay, maybe tell us a little bit about that song if you don't mind. Sure, so it's like most of the songs that I sing, they're a bit of a prayer, and um, Better Than I definitely is a prayer. I think that we all would do well to pray often, mm. um, trusting God that he knows indeed better than we do in every situation, not just some, but every situation, which is hard to remember because we're pretty good at wanting to take a handle on things for mm, ourselves. Sure. But trusting it to God is 
the best and ultimate uh, winning decision that we can ever make. So he, he, he always knows better than I do. That's right. You know, quite often people wonder where they've got to go next or what they should do. Should it do A, B, or sometimes even A, B, or C? That gets really complicated. <laughs> but ultimately, if you take it to the Lord, he does know better than us. He knows the end from the beginning. And, of course, if we know the Lord already, we know we can trust him. And mm. we can explicitly trust him and ask him just to lead us. And, you know, there's a, uh, there's a statement by Alan White where she says that those who make the honor of God and his glory their first work will have a... Uh, perplexities vanish and they'll have a plain path before their feet Mm. so that's beautiful now there's some more music and I really want to sort of take the second half of this program just to share some of your music with our our listener out there Um, there's another song you mentioned before it says for God so loved the world and I'd like to play that but perhaps you can just introduce it for us before we play it sure so um, I shared a bit about that before already Mm. but um well, there's nothing like I always try and find something to say before I speak. <laughs> and as I mentioned before, I'm not the one who does all the talking typically when mm. I travel with my sister. Um, but one time I was so lost for words or what to say. Yeah. I just t- took down a whole lot of Bible texts and I wrote them down on my phone. So then when I got up, that's all I said. I said Bible text after Bible text. And then I was ready to... Um, to share the song. Okay. And my sister was in the front row laughing at me, uh, quietly, of course. <laughs> um, sisters would, yeah. One thing that I did say was this, God sees the sparrow that falls. And mm. if he sees the sparrow that falls, he sees us, right? That's yes. from, straight from the Bible. So to contextualize it, I think you were at this uh, event, Etienne, um, I said, have you ever seen a dead cockatoo by the road? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard the end of this story from my sister. Oh, really? She but basically, you? I had seen one, and I saw up on the power lines above where that poor cockatoo was lying, mm. all of his friends. Right. And I was like, well, if they all see this dead cockatoo here, if we see you know, our, our family members in trouble or things like this, how much more does God see us in trouble mm. when we need it? And he doesn't just see us when we're in trouble, but he's there when we're happy too. Amen. He has a deep and invested interest in us, and he loves us. He loves our world. He does. Amen. And it just reminds me of that Sermon on the Mount there in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And it's Matthew chapter 6 where God says, Do not worry for what you will wear and what you will put on. He says, Look at the birds of the air, they neither sow nor reap, but yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Mm-hmm. And he says, Even the little sparrow fall. But this song is based on John three sixteen and 17. Mm-hmm. Let's listen to that now. So love. 
Well, that was a beautiful song and still a favorite text of many, many people around the world. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So as we move on to another song you can share, would you like to just tell us what that song is and introduce it for us, please? So the last one that um, I thought it would be nice to share with you all is um, All Along. And it's kind of self-explanatory. kind of have a picture role in my mind when I listen to it, when I sing it, um, of, you know, growing up and the family and, you know, there's old videos um, of family times. But... As we go through life, sometimes it's not easy to see where his hand was in our lives. And you probably know the um, poem called Footprints. Yes, I do. And when there's two sets, it's like we're walking with God. And when there's one, we wonder where did he go? But yeah. really, he was carrying us. Mm. Um, I've got a verse here that I've claimed. It's a promise. And maybe you'd like to claim it too. It's Psalms 138 and verse 8. It says this. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hands. Hmm. And I've claimed that promise um, different times of my life, whether it's been uh, relationships or career or dealing with conflict, wherever that might be, or just not knowing what to do. Um, health, maybe you, you need um, something in any area of your life. God is interested in every area of our lives. Amen. And he indeed is watching and caring for us all along. And that's mm. what this song's about. Beautiful. Let's listen to that now.
Well, that beautiful song was selected by Melita Fong and also sung by her. So a beautiful song you selected there, Melita. What we want to do now is just want to take a break, share our contact details with our listener out there, and then we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on By the Word of Their Testimony. If you would like more information about today's program, or if you have any questions, please contact 3ABN Australia Radio by phoning 0249733456 or you can send an email to radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can also contact us on our 3ABN Australia Radio Facebook page. We look forward to hearing from you. Dear listener, welcome back to By the Word of Their Testimony. And my special guest in the studio today, and this is the second time she's been here to share a testimony, is Marlita Fong. And in this testimony, we've been sharing a little bit of her journey of music and discovering her talent, where initially people didn't think she really had a singing talent, but as you no doubt would have heard and can attest to by her music, God has richly blessed her. Now, Marlita, I do have a question for you because this Mm -hmm. is a... I guess for people who are talented, and whatever the talent may be, this would apply to them. But if you are talented, typically people would compliment you and tell you how great you are. How do you stay grounded and make sure that you actually do things to the honor and glory of God when we by nature are egocentric and our egos love to be pampered and catered to? That's a really good question. And it's kind of like a fine line between um, validating their experience and their the way they've accepted what they've just heard and, um, you know, being rude (laughs) because you don't want to be rude and you don't want to make them have such a harsh experience from whatever you say, you you know, like putting them down for complimenting you that they can't connect with it in that that same positive way anymore. Mm. So you, um, I, I typically just, and I'm not trying to be rude when I say it, I'm just saying praise the Lord. Mm, because a good, a good reply. I completely know that it's only because of him I have something to sing about. Yes, amen. It's only because of him that my voice sounds good to anybody. Mm. And it's only because of him I have the opportunity to to do what I've what what we do. Ironically, I know that my face is on both of the covers of the CDs, so yes. I usually hand it to people and turn it over. <laughs> oh, do you really? I know I chose the uh I agreed to the cover, but um I'll just do a little disclaimer on that second album. That was all we could do. We couldn't get any better than that cover, so it's my face all over the front. Um, And that was professionally done as well? Yeah, that's all professionally done. Hmm. So, yeah, that's what I would say. It's You've got to give the glory to God, else who are you singing for? So if you're a musician or someone who's out there listening, um, we each play and sing for something for someone, and whatever it may be, you you stay true to it, but I've I've chosen to sing for the Lord, and for Him only. And uh, I have sung non-Christian songs before, and I enjoyed it, but I felt disconnected from God as I did it. Wow! So I I really have made sure that I don't sing for anybody else except for the Lord. That's where I find my meaning and my my fulfillment in is doing that, and I know God blesses it. Mm, amen. And thank you for your example and your faithfulness in that. For us mere mortals who are a little bit less uh, talented, you know, it's, it's, it may be easy just to be dismissive of that, but that is actually a big temptation. And to have a, a process whereby you deal with it is actually very helpful to share that. So thank you for that. But as you were speaking, you just reminded me of that beautiful text there in First Corinthians chapter 6. 
and uh, it's sort of from verse 19 through into verse 20. It says, And you are not your own, for you were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Mm. So we thank you for your um, your testimony and your desire to to praise God and to glorify him, whether it be in what you say or what you do or even in music. And thank you for sharing your music with us. Thank you for opening your heart to us and telling us about this music and what they mean to you and how you can express your love for God and you can minister to others. Thank you for joining us today, dear listener. We appreciate your time as well, and we pray that God will continue to bless you as well. Until next time. You've been listening to a production of 3ABN Australia Radio.